I've always been intrigued by the stories of women who use the phrase, I just knew. You know, those women who can describe the where and the when, down to the weather, what they were wearing, maybe even the song on the radio, all like it happened just yesterday. The common element in each story is that at some point, intuition kicked in, and these women move forward through the beauty and battles of their lives, no longer looking to meet expectations, but instead in alignment with what was right for them in life, love, careers, relationships, and everything in between. My name is Kelly, and you're listening to The Moment She Knew Podcasts where guests share stories around their own moments of knowing. I wanted to start this podcast to create a space for mentorship and support for all of us as we move through the beauty and battles of our own lives. I believe that through storytelling, we create community and connection. And that is my vision for the Moment She Knew podcast and group. When you need support through your own moments, we will be here sending collective compassion, cheering you on, and most of all, helping you build trust in your own intuition to guide you without apology. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you will enjoy the podcast. And if you do, please like and subscribe and share it with your friends. Hello, everyone. It's episode one. And I'm not gonna lie, I am completely excited and also terrified. This is a brand new arena for me. And there's a part of me that has what they call imposter syndrome thinking, who am I to start a podcast? What do I have to talk about? Who would want to talk to me? But guess what? I have lots of people who wanted to talk to me and I have great episodes coming down the pipe. So you stay tuned. And I also at 56 years old have been through quite a few things in my life thus far. And I'm going to share those with you on the podcast. But for today, I thought I would introduce myself. So my name is Kellyanne Savage and I live in Amherstview, which is just outside of Kingston. Been here about four years moved here from Barrie, where my husband Gary, my second husband and I, raised my triplets, Aaron, Scott, and Nicole, and Barrie will always be home in our hearts. Um, love the community there. It's fantastic, and at the same time, I am happy to be here where I am now because it means that I am in the middle of Barry and Montreal and I am from Montreal originally and my heart is still there. I have family, friends that are in Montreal so this is a nice spot for us to be because we're halfway and also my husband was raised in Kingston. Um, he moved to Florida. He was actually raised in Miami from the time he was just a wee baby until I think about grade eight when his parents moved back to Kingston. So for him being here is coming home and we have lots of family from his side as well that are here my kids are now out of the house i think it's um you know we're in that time where it seems that someone always comes back home at least for a little period of time and as you know right now during covid lots of people are welcoming adult children back into the house because of the job situation and lack of funds, etc. So we will move through COVID and this time in life however we need to. And I could talk to you for hours about what it's like to 
parent multiples, what it's like to parent young adult children in their 20s. I've heard people say it's almost like a second puberty because they're going through a period of time where they're trying to detach not only from you, but from the family while they really figure out who they are. And then my friends who have children that are even older will say to me, that's all normal. And once the kids start thinking about creating their own families, everyone starts to come back together again. So I'm really looking forward to that time. I'm not rushing anyone into ki uh, kids because, um, well, actually that's not true. I don't want to rush anybody into having kids, but I can't wait to be a grandmother. So even though my kids are 22, um, you know, things will be what they are. And if that happens, then I would be over the moon. But for them, I hope that it's not right now. Anyhow, um, what else can I tell you? I have been a registered nurse for near on 30 years. And I started my career out um, at the Hospital for Sick Children in Toronto. And I absolutely love that job. I worked on neurosurgery and trauma. And then I ended up working and living in Saudi Arabia, which is a whole other story. And I'll talk about that on the podcast. While in Saudi Arabia, I went through infertility and I have my triplets through the IVF that I did while I lived in Saudi Arabia. From Saudi Arabia, um, my first husband and I moved to Kelowna in BC, which was beautiful. Then we moved from there to Aurelia in Ontario, which was also beautiful. And it's in Aurelia that um, my world really started to fall apart. It's where I learned that my first husband had some addiction and some mental health issues and also, uh, shall we just say, a wandering eye issue um, through infidelities. And I also learned that, in fact, he at some points was living another life. Um, outside of our marriage and that I could talk about for hours and again I will talk about that on another podcast episode. I remarried and that is an interesting story as well because my husband Gary, I met him back in 1996 when I was living in Saudi Arabia with my first husband Gary went over to Saudi Arabia. We didn't know him. He didn't know us, but he went over there to teach forensics at the Nanif Academy for Police Sciences in Riyadh. And my husband was in a similar type of position. And because of that, um, he had a connection with Gary and we had Gary come and stay with us while he was in Saudi Arabia doing his teaching. And there was, you know, zero hanky-panky or, or anything. Um, I thought he was a very nice gentleman. I thought my husband walked on water at the time and I was very much in love with my first husband and he was very much in love with his wife and talked very highly about her. And that was that, he was there and he left and then fast forward many years, like to 2005, um, I think it was 2005. I um, bumped into him at Azares in Aurelia. I was with my children and their godmother, Jenny. We had spent the day out together and 
um, I needed to get some milk and cereal and stuff on the way home. And Jenny was like, there's no way we're taking these three tired uh, five-year-olds into the grocery store. So I'm going to stay here and you go in. So I went into the grocery store, past the cereal aisle and looked down and I just saw the profile of this man. He had a really nice bum and he was looking at the, um, index side of a box of cereal and I didn't think anything of it other than I just thought he had a really cute bum and I kept walking and then I came back down the aisle probably by accident on purpose so I could have another little peek at him and I heard his voice and in that moment I recognized his voice instantly and I remember pushing the cart and I thought I have a choice to make I can either turn the cart around and go and talk to him or just keep going. And I don't know what happened, but I turned the car around and I approached him and I said, Gary. And he looked at me like I had 10 heads. He had no idea who I was. And I said, it's Kelly. You lived with me and my husband in Saudi Arabia. And he was like, oh my God. And then we started talking, you know, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? And he told me that he was looking for a house. And I don't know how I remembered his wife's name, but I said, why don't you bring mm -mm -mm, um, over to my house? Because my house is for sale. And he said, well, actually there is no more first wife. And I said, really? Well, that's funny. Cause there's no more husband on my side either. And we, from that moment on, um, started having conversations, going out for coffee, and became friends, and eventually ended up getting married. And here we are, all these years later, it's been like 15 years. And, you know, it's, it feels like there was some kind of fate or destiny, you know, what would the chances be that I would bump into him in a cereal aisle at a grocery store in Aurelia, Ontario after meeting him in Saudi Arabia. So that's just a fun story that I like to share. And um, what else can I tell you? I am very spiritual. I uh, was raised Catholic. My mom was Italian. My dad was Irish. And I do believe in Jesus but I also believe that um, there is spirit and that there are angels and there are a whole lot of other things um, that God provides us to help direct and guide us in life. And I don't believe in coincidences. I believe that everything that occurs is intentional. And I love the idea that the universe sets out synchronicities for us. And if we follow the path of synchronicities um, and listen to our intuition, we land where we need to land and we learn the lessons that we need to learn. And I will give you a quick story before I let you go. And it is about Amma by Tam, who is the author of a book that found me one day when I was at chapters. I think in the States, they might call it Barnes and Noble. Here, chapters are now becoming indigo, but it is uh, a big box um, bookstore, essentially. They sell gifts as well, and they have Starbucks in them, which I love. That's, you know, if you ever want to get me a Starbucks, I can tell you my order. You just let me know. Anyhow, uh, I had landed at 
this chapters in Barry one day um, after falling asleep on the 400th, after another long commute to and from work. I was living in Barrie, commuting to Burlington. That could take about two hours and it was exhausting. My days were long, sometimes 10 hours. And anyhow, I was on my way home on the 400 northbound towards Barrie and I fell asleep and I veered into the left-hand lane. And as I did that, an 18-wheeler laid on the horn and it startled me awake. And of course, I was shaking. Like I think even the cells in my body were shaking. And I pulled off at the next on route and had my breakdown, which I now like to call awakening because I knew in that moment that something had to change. And I got home and my husband agreed that something had to change. I didn't know what, I didn't know how um, my ego got in the way and started asking me all those questions. You know, who are you? You can't quit that job. You have um, post-secondary that you need to save for. The triplets had just started high school at the time. You have a mortgage, you have loans, you have car payments, you know, all the noise, all the noise. Um, I did take some time off work. And as I said, I went to chapters to journal. And if you ask my kids, they'll tell you that they were partially raised at chapters in Barrie because we used to love to go there, especially on the weekends and sit and read and look for books. Um, even my one daughter, Erin, who at the time wasn't such a reader, enjoyed going and just looking around and having her hot chocolate and just chatting about life. Anyhow, I was at chapters. I was found and determined to journal my way out of the situation. And I decided to get another latte. And on my way, I felt a tap, tap, tap on my shoulder. And of course, as you do, when you feel a tap on your shoulder, you turn to look and see who's tapping you on the shoulder. And there wasn't anyone tapping me on the shoulder. But when I turned my head, my eyes landed on this book. And for those of you who may be listening to the audio version of this episode and not seeing the YouTube version, the book is called By the Way I Love You, My Journey. And it's by Emma Vitam. And the cover of it is the back of a woman who has her hands over her head in a prayer position. And she is facing a rock and she is standing in water. There was something that just came over me in that moment. And I knew that I had to walk towards that book and I had to go and pay for it. And I had to sit down and read it front to back. And that is exactly what I did. And in reading the stories that Alma was sharing, it's not that I could connect with them on a direct level. It's not that I had the same exact experiences that she had, but the um, emotions that she talked about and some of the historical thinking that she recognized as she moved through the moments that she shares in her uh, book, I could connect with those and I could apply them to my own life. I just 
there was something about that book. I, I don't even know what to call it or how to explain it, but it just, it switched something on for me um, that I would say was curiosity. And that was the moment I knew that there was something else I needed to access in life that I wasn't yet aware of and that maybe I didn't understand. At the end of the book, I came to realize that Amma had a healing center that was about 40 minutes away from our home in Barrie in a town called Perkinsfield. And she lived in Tiny Township. And her email address was also at the end of the book. So I was so moved by that whole experience and by the book, I thought I'm gonna send her an email. And that's what I did. I sent her an email and it started out with this line, your book found me. And I told her the story of the tap, tap, tap on the shoulder and how I looked towards my shoulder and my eyes landed on her book. And there was just something that told me I had to have the book. I never expected that she would write me back. You know, she had this beautiful healing center. She was an author. She was well-traveled. She was well-versed and educated and knowing and all things spiritual, but she did write me back and she wrote me back and told me that she was going to be at that same chapters the following weekend to do book signings. So guess where I was the following weekend? I went to chapters and I stood in line to meet Ama, who I came to learn was named Antoon. Ama by Tam was her pen name. And when our eyes met, there was a knowing between us. And um, she, in fact, called me by name. She said, you're Kelly. And she came around from the table towards me and she brought me into a hug and an embrace and it felt like I was home. It was one of the most beautiful moments of my life that I will never ever forget. And she wrote in my book, Dear Kelly, follow your vision and trust the process. Much love, Ama, namaste. And that began a beautiful friendship of myself as an apprentice and Anne is my teacher and she taught me so much about spirituality and trust in the universe and one of the most important things she taught me was about the ego it wasn't until I met Anne and I began to apprentice with her and meet with her on a regular basis that I came to understand the ego and how my ego has gotten in my way so often. And what I learned was that the ego is that part of us that wants things to stay status quo. The ego does not want change. It doesn't want you to challenge anything in life. It would rather you remain depressed, you remain unhappy, you stay in that job you don't like, you stay in that relationship you don't like, you keep laying in bed when you think you want to exercise because it doesn't like change. So it would rather live in depression and anxiety and stress and unhappiness than change. So through her teachings and through her performing Reiki on me and through my learning to 
do Reiki myself. She was a Reiki master and she taught me and certified me in Reiki. And through doing the deep dive into yoga and how it can help connect the breath, the body and the mind to our soul and our spirit and to what we really want and open us up to the idea that when we live an intuitive life, the universe will lay out the path of synchronicities for us to follow. And this really, I would say, would be one of the biggest takeaways I hope that you will get from this first episode is that if you follow the synchronicities that the universe puts forth in your life, you will land in the right place. And the people, places, and things that need to remain in your life will stay. And the people, the places, and things that will fall away from your life will fall away from your life. And that's not a bad thing. And when you live your life from an intuitive place, when you ask what is right for me and you release expectation, which I know is so hard. I'm not perfect at it yet. Um, but I do know that when you ask what is right for me and you stop asking what is expected of me, it creates that space. It gets rid of all that noise. You can really hear what your spirit and your soul are saying and, and notice what the universe is trying to lead you to. And um, I should let you know that my dear, beautiful Antune did pass away um, a few months ago, and I miss her dearly every day. And prior to her passing, we were able to correspond with each other through email. Um, and there was a point where I laid quiet one day and I asked the universe, what will be my sign to help me remember that Anne is around and that I can feel her energy um, should I choose to and when I need to. And the image that came up for me was a ladybug. So I wrote Anne an email and I told her, now I'm not saying that I thought Anne was going to come back as a ladybug. I'm just saying that a ladybug would be my sign to remind me that I could access her energy and her lessons whenever I want to, even if she's not physically here anymore. And Anne wrote me back and um, told me to look at her YouTube channel. And so I did that. I looked at her YouTube channel. I hadn't been on there for quite some time and it was so wonderful to hear her voice and to see beautiful her. And the first picture that I saw was of a drink and a ladybug beside the drink. And I think the caption said something like, sharing my morning shake. And um, she reminded me that she loved ladybugs. So, you know, coincidence or not, I don't know. I choose to believe that, you know, it was a sign in some kind of knowing. And the other huge thing that I learned from Anne, especially as she came towards the end of her life, and, you know, even during that time, she was still trying to mentor me and make sure that she could give me those last bit of lessons that she could to help me carry on in my own journey. And what she taught me was that 
we are all energy. You know, our bodies in this life are the vessels that carry our spirit and our soul, and they will return to dust, right? Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. But energy never dies. So the energy that was in, the energy that was all of the people in my life, all of the people in your life that have passed, that you miss, their energy is still somewhere in this world. And I know from Anne that whenever I want to feel her presence or feel her energy or my mother's energy or my grandfather's energy or my grandmother's energy or my brother's energy or my dear, dear friend, Paul, anyone that I love and miss who has passed, if I just lay quiet and ask to feel their presence and feel their energy, I will. And you can too. I'm so glad that you listened in for this first episode. I hope that you feel a little bit more familiar with me now. And I hope you will consider continuing on this journey as we have guests come on the podcast and learn more and more about the moments that they share with us. Thanks again for being here. Bye for now. Thank you so much for choosing to share your time with us today. Remember, you can find information on how to connect with our guests in the show notes. Please like and subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends about it. And if you want to stay in touch between episodes, find us on Instagram at the moment she knew underscore podcast and on Facebook, the moment she knew. Please join us again next week for another episode. And until then, be safe, well, and happy. Bye for now.